Welcome to the 10th Men Podcast, where we discuss the ideas, theories, and principles to help you live a wealthy, healthy, and happy life. My name is Felix. I'm a graduate entry medical student and content creator. And my name is Harish, and I'm a third year medical student. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 10th Men Podcast. This is episode two, where we're exploring how to approach learning new skills. So we're going to discuss why you should learn new skills in the first place, how you can learn them, and of course, where to learn them. And finally, what skills should you learn? You know, we're going to try and give you a few suggestions on what skills we've found out and might be useful for you guys. But uh, firstly, how are you doing, Harish? Hey guys, actually, I'm doing good today. All right, so I guess we'll kick it off with Harish. Why should students i guess because that's mainly our listeners why should you learn new skills during this time i'll be honest the covid situation right now is pretty bad all over the world mm -hmm. and because of the covid everyone is usually stuck at home mm -hmm. and they always say they have nothing to do they're feeling bored well at least that's what a couple of my friends are saying i'm not making a generalized statement there but that's the common claim mm -hmm. and i personally think this is the golden time for you to develop new skills because when you're in university people usually complain that you do not have enough time to pursue your hobbies. But when time has presented itself, people are saying, I'm bored. I personally feel it's kind of contradictory. And that's just among my friends. And I personally feel use this golden time to learn valuable skills for your life. Because you won't ever get another situation like this in the future where you can actually work from home. Mm. No, I completely agree. I think obviously COVID is a terrible sort of situation and it has its disadvantages. It's not a great time to be here. But there are also things where you can adapt you can sort of look on the bright side i think learning is one of the best investments that you can make because if you're like me you would be aiming to maximize both your time and talent wherever you are right because both of them are extremely important so as far as why you should learn my whole approach is very similar to this tea knowledge thing you were talking about harish essentially it's concisely stated in this quote by thomas huxley who's a comparative anatomist so i try to learn something about everything and everything about something because as a student i'm interested in so many different things right and this kind of gives way to this term coined by scott adams who who sort of writes comics and does a lot of blogs online you can look him up he's coined the term called talent stacking a talent stack is a set of complementary skills that make you unique to the market so for example if you think about business a talent stack for a entrepreneur or someone who's starting a business would be accounting managing people marketing resourcing negotiation obviously they can focus on one specific thing but as someone who starts a business you need a stack of this to produce the unique output that is your business. And again, it comes down to becoming the best version of yourself. And the unique thing about you is that you are someone with a completely unique set of interests, unique set of skills. And if you use those skills and double down on them, build your talents, whether it's a negotiation resourcing, it's the actual combination of uniqueness that you learn that creates a unique thing or unique output, whether that's a business, whether that's a YouTube channel, whether that's a podcast, whatever it is, it's the unique set of things that you create, which create a unique output. And that's when you kind of displace yourself from the competition because no one can be better at being you than you. So I'll give you an example of this. One of the greatest talent stackers I know is Da Vinci. Now, 
People always marvel at his anatomical paintings because they are years ahead. But the reason why his paintings, you know, the way humans looked, the way that they posed was so human is because he basically had an interest in science and he would dissect bodies. And from that dissection and from that scientific knowledge, he was able to understand how the human body work and that is reflected on his incredibly accurate anatomical paintings in his mm -hmm. actual normal artistic works as well that's why it looks mm -hmm. so human right so instead of being amongst the competition if you stacked your talents you transcend it by becoming your own niche right you productivize yourself so yeah that's kind of my approach to learning i kind of understand where you're trying to come from i think in application wise if you talent stack if you create a subset of niche for your own self you increase your employability so i would like to use a personal example where well many years ago when robotic surgery was still a new thing to the in a medical world mm -hmm. at that point of time it was a niche that no one entered into mm -hmm. but i knew of this general surgeon who had expertise in uh, robotic surgery so he had created himself a whole new subset of niche mm -hmm. so he was in demand just in that specific sector so that means you have become more employable that's why i personally feel like you know students should be out there trying to learn new skills so that it could look good on your cv that's mm -hmm. that's my whole reasoning why you should learn new skills as i said like using the example from felix stack your skills create a whole subset of niche and that will actually help you move out in the world because you got to understand the world is constantly changing based off on technology and you got to keep up with it because that makes complete sense if you stack your talents if you understand what sort of niche you want to go into and you double down on whatever it is by sort of diversifying then it kind of works well basically if you have more inputs your outputs will be yeah. more unique right because you have more sources of information uh -huh. that you're drawing from now that being said how would you go about learning skills harish you know there's so many different ways to learn skills what what's your approach to it well okay i think before i can answer the question i think i need to address another question which is why do people think they can't learn new skills? That's a common thing nowadays. People always assume they can't learn new skills because, you know, they think, oh, it's going to be so hard mm -hmm. to learn a new skill. I think that's more at crux mm -hmm. rather than just saying, okay, yeah, now I have time. I'm going to learn a new skill. But I think you got to change the mindset. This goes back to the first episode, you know, you got to intrinsically want to achieve the goal. That is one of the major right. things that people okay. face nowadays. They always say a oh, skill is hard. You need to put in 10,000 hours, the most common myth. Well, I would like to break this myth by saying that your brain is like a clay. It can be molded to whatever you want it to be. It's called plasticity in like medical terms, basically. Most people don't realize you can actually change your brain, your whole mindset. And another thing is the myth of 10,000 hours. Okay, that 10,000 hours only comes about if you want to be the absolute freaking best at a certain niche. Like, let's say I want to be the best at coding or something like that. Maybe 10,000 hours is the amount of hours you have to put in to be the best at it. But thing is, most people, when they learn a new skill, they just want to add value to their life rather than they go in with the misconception that they want to be the best at the skill. But when you learn a new skill, you should go in with the mindset of, I want to learn this new skill because it's going to add value to my life. When you look at it from that perspective, it actually just requires 20 hours. There's so many articles out online. There's like so many videos out on YouTube. You can fact check that. It actually just take 20 hours. The first 20 hours will be tough. I'm not going to lie. Will be disgustingly tough because you're entering a whole new arena that you haven't explored before. So when you start a new skill, it will be hard. But once you get past a steep learning curve, things will plateau for you. You'll actually be a natural at it. And if you want to be the best at it, and that's when the extra 10,000 hours might all have to come in. Now, moving on to the next question which you asked, which was, uh, how do you learn new skills? Well, 
you need to keep practicing the skill. They just think, oh yeah, if I pick up the guitar like you know one time a week and I just strum the six strings, yeah, I'll be like a next best guitarist in the world. It doesn't work like that. So talking about it from a biological point of view, so in your brain you have this several neural connections. You have several nerves, neurons, right? And if you keep practicing, what you're actually doing is you're strengthening the neural connections so that the signal is faster. more fluent and more precise so there's a law by hebian which is the heb hebian law heb law if i'm not wrong she states what fires together wires together so basically the more you practice the more stronger the connection will be and faster it will be so the main trick to learning a new skill is all about constantly practicing that skill day in day out as i said previously the brain is like a clay you can mold it but physically reorganizing the brain mm-hmm. takes time because essentially when you're learning a new skill you're forming new neural connections you're forming new nerve uh, new neurons in your brain new dendrites in your brain and that in itself is a physical reorganization of the brain biologically speaking it actually takes time to actually change the brain mm-hmm. and to be good at it and another thing i would like to point out is for that to happen what you would have to do is you'd have to present your whole body and mind to a challenging environment you have to get out of your comfort zone that's how new neural connections will form because if you don't get out of that comfort zone it's kind of pointless that is why every new skill you learn the learning curve is steep because you're actually getting out of your comfort zone every time you pick up the guitar you form calluses it's painful no one wants calluses on their fingertips but you do it because you want it so once again goes back to motivation everything stems from motivation but motivation alone is not enough you need to constantly keep practicing it and one more thing i would like to point out do not practice bad skills i would like to point out this example so i have this friend back in newcastle then he brought me for a game of golf and that was the first time i ever picked up a golf club it was amazing mm-hmm. actually i managed to get in a couple of hits mm-hmm. because i thought my hand eye coordination was pretty bad but i actually managed to hit some balls i was like yeah that's actually sick but i got so hyped after it i was like okay i need to come back tomorrow and hit hit the balls again but then my friend pointed out one thing you got to take a break and secondly if you you need to review your progress for that day that was one thing he pointed out to me because golfing is more of a physical movement you need to turn your body swirl your body is a bit of angling of the hands and there's there's so many factors to golfing and there are some mistakes that you can make when you hit the ball you can be angled you can have your hand angled wrongly you can mm-hmm. twist your body wrongly and if you keep practicing the same movement again and again you're essentially rewiring the bad movements in your brain you're forming new neural connections for the bad movements and that will end up having a negative impact on your playing because in a sense you're learning you're teaching yourself how to play badly that doesn't make sense <laughs> you need to yeah. be aware so that's why first thing take a break take a break review your mistakes for example for me as i said my hand eye coordination is bad i tried to learn skipping jump roping and i couldn't jump rope at all mm-hmm. i would trip after 3 skips i'm not joking so what i did was take mm-hmm. breaks video yourself try to see try to practice in front of a mirror mm-hmm. try to practice in front of a camera review the video review the footage see what are the mistakes you're learning compare with so many there's so many sources out there for any skills you're learning like you know google is your best friend look it up online compare your video footage with like you know other mm-hmm. people have done it compare the mistakes is are there any rooms for improvement and from then on you can improve now i can go for 5 10 15 minutes straight skipping without tripping actually without tripping when i couldn't even skip for 10 seconds before like you can ask my flatmates back in newcastle they would be like yeah, yeah all i can hear is just him thudding on the 
on the wooden floor because I would just keep tripping. <laughs> That's what would happen. So take breaks and review your footage. And it's also proven, I'll try to link all the research articles if possible, but it's also proven if you take sufficient breaks, mm-hmm. it's actually good for your brain. Wakeful breaks, not like, you know, okay, after I'm going to skip or after I'm playing guitar, I'm going to sleep for like 15 minutes now. It's not like that. <laughs> Once you practice a certain skill, take a couple of minutes break, calm yourself down and then try to do it. Yeah, hopefully you get a lot of information out of that. Yeah, back to Felix. <laughs> yeah, I think what you're referring to is the the idea of interleave practice, right? So I remember there's a study in the literature somewhere where they talk about two hockey sort of training squads and one training squad gets taught five different moves, right? Every single day. And then, you know, they rest for a day and then they get taught five different moves again. And then the other training squad had the exact same training, except they were trained with one move and then they would be told to perfect that move before moving on to the second move. And I think the result was that the people that learned five different things took a break and then learned five different things again, sort of improved all five areas at the same time. And I think that's kind of what you're saying is that they did one move and essentially they're practicing a different move. So by definition, they're taking a break from the first move, right? Mm -hmm. So they interleave the practice and therefore they sort of improved in all areas. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand that. I think with learning skills for me, I think I just have a few rules about how I approach it. I'm a big fan of foundational thinking. So for example, recently, Harish got me into cryptocurrency, right? Mm, so that, this yeah. is like Bitcoin, <laughs> Bitcoin, Silica, Ethereum. You'd have heard these buzzwords around the internet, right? So when I wanted to learn about Bitcoin, I got a bunch of books. But where I started with was Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper on Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. That was sort of the advent of this whole Bitcoin knowledge. He was the first person to set this peer-to-peer cash system working. And that's the foundation of that is that as basic as you can get. It's sort of like if biologists, right, they want to learn about evolution, you should probably read Darwin because that is the origin. So I like to start with the foundation because once you have the basics, you essentially have the tools and anything that comes from the basics, all it is is that someone's taken it, added some information to it and then rearranged it to make a more complex model. So understanding the basics is probably rule one. And I think that's where I get most of the learning from. And that's where I start. So in terms of sources, what sort of sources do you get your sort of information from Harris? Do you use YouTube, Skillshare, anything like that? For learning skills, it depends, to be honest, because there's a whole plethora of knowledge out on google i mean as i said once before google is every man's best friend okay what i would do is just have a basic keyword search and reddit is also a treasure trove there are some unwanted information out there i'll be blunt it is kind of at times a bit useless but it comes down to how you filter out the information and how you want to take that information and apply it to your lives because in Reddit, there are a couple of subreddits, like, you know, explain it like I'm a five-year-old. For example, when I first got into crypto and whatnot, and I didn't know what was a Bitcoin. So if you just go on, go on the subreddit, explain it like I'm five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there who actually take time out of their lives to actually explain mm-hmm. it to you. So yeah. that's where I started. Reddit is the best place to start. And after Reddit, you get the basic information, like the basic understanding, the foundation, you know, put down the cement the groundwork done and that's when you start diving deep into like research papers uh, or even google youtube videos youtube is the best youtube is the best by far because i think visual learning will help most people skillshare does help but skillshare is more niche meaning uh you only use skillshare for stuff that you can't usually find on uh on like a youtube video and skillshare is mainly for people that who wants to improve more than the others that's what i personally feel feel skillshare is for 
because they provide a subset of skills that can't be found on the YouTube. That's why it's called Skillshare and you have to pay for it because it's right. a whole niche of like, you know, how to be better than the other people at that certain skill. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with Reddit. Reddit's like a goldmine for information. I think for me, I really start with YouTube as well. YouTube is probably the easiest way because the search engine is extremely important when you're looking for anything. Google is powerful because of its algorithm, because of its ability to find exactly what you want, right? That's why people love Google. And the reason it's powerful is because so many people use it. Now, YouTube, the reason it's so good is because it's search engine. So let's say that I want to look at a TED talk and I want to find this TED talk. I would be much better off searching for this TED talk on YouTube than the actual TED website because YouTube receives more inputs and more inputs means that the algorithm in the search engine is much better. YouTube is very good at that because of that specific algorithm and its ability to figure out exactly what you want from your search. Alongside YouTube though, I definitely use Reddit, Google always. I think an underrated place is Twitter. Twitter is so good because it's, it's sort of from the source, right? YouTube and Skillshare and all of these sort of professional platforms, you will only see uploads on them when the creator of this idea has polished the idea, you know, rounded off its edges, given it a few worksheets, really recorded it, and then they publish it at a course or a YouTube series, right? On Twitter, Twitter is sort of like the birthplace where people make connections, they find new ideas and they just tweet it out. So Twitter is really good. Just, just try this interesting experiment, right? Just pick something that you want to learn about, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin, and just go on Twitter and type in whatever it is, right? And I promise you, you'll find something useful. And then obviously, once you find Twitter, you can find all the people that tweet this. And from those people, you can find more people. And it's really good, in my opinion. But that being said, I don't know if you've dealt with this, Harish, but you have to be very careful about, especially on YouTube, that the people that give advice on how to learn skills, or for example, mm -hmm. if you're looking at how to invest in stocks, and you find this YouTube channel is like okay i'm gonna make you five billion dollars in five years or some some ridiculous claim right yeah that seems too good to be true you have to be very careful about who yeah. you take advice from because mm -hmm. the people on youtube and on these platforms often don't have any skin in the game this is true. this is like a term it's not coined by him, but it's popularized by someone called Nassim Taleb, who's, who talks about finance and stocks and etc. But essentially, what that means is that if you do something wrong using their advice, there's no kickback for them. There's no risk. So it's all on you. And alongside that, I think the rule that the biggest rule I have from taking advice is that I like to take advice from those people that the advice has actually worked for. So for example, it would make sense to take advice from someone who's lost a lot of weight or is, you know, a personal trainer or something about weight loss. Then you have some proof that it's actually works for them and therefore it would make sense to take advice from them and the second thing is i try not to take advice from people that make most of their money from giving advice and also obviously avoid pyramid schemes and stuff they're like okay i'm gonna sell you this course on making money but this is how i also make money so i don't know that's sometimes a red flag i'm not generalizing anything but you know those are things to look out for so to summarize really skillshare very good very rounded of courses reddit google youtube and to a certain extent twitter depending on what level you want to access the idea um i would just like to point out one more thing i think this is also essential for people mm -hmm. so one thing i've realized over the years is as felix said there's way too much noise out there you know the guys who actually try to sell you fake advice or make money off you so when you try to learn a new skill usually people who put up their success stories for them it worked but no one talks about the other side the side where the skills where they learned didn't work for them for example someone learns about cryptocurrency because you know they want to be the next billionaire now Usually the stories you find online be like, oh yeah, I invested in Bitcoin. Look at me right now. I'm living in a mansion with a yard, with a Lambo. Yeah, fine. But what I'm trying to say is there's always two sides 
to a coin, two sides to a story. Mm-hmm. So if there's one guy claiming to be successful off Bitcoin uh, trading. Try to find examples where it didn't work because there are some people who would try to share their negative stories out with the world and see mm-hmm. if you can benefit anything off of it. Because most people, when they see something like a success story, like, you know, I'm living in a mansion, everyone is trying to think, okay, I know I want that. So they immediately just jump in into the pool with both legs without testing how deep it is. What I'm trying to tell you is before you learn any new skills that's going to add any value to your life, seeds, whether it's feasible for your life first, because there are mm-hmm. some skills that won't really be feasible. So you got to see right. whether it's feasible, filter out all the noise from the social media platform and see if it is actually viable for you. Absolutely. I definitely agree. You just need to be careful about what your sources are, because again, none of the people advising you on the internet have any skin in the game. There's no risk that they take. So you have to be very careful about what you exactly you act on. I think also if you are, it may not be as applicable now, but if you're at university, there's a lot of places where you can learn skills like joining societies and stuff like that. It's There's a, so many different sources. But right now when you're at home, quarantine, internet, best place to go. Bunch of sources. Okay, so now that we've covered why you should learn skills and how and where to learn skills, I think in a future podcast we'll cover how to become very good at a specific skill because I think that deserves its own podcast, right? Definitely, definitely. So the last question, I suppose, is Harish, what, what should you learn, man? What do you, what do you think we should learn? Okay, so this might sound a very broad answer. Some people might not like this answer but you have to focus on soft skill so basically soft skills are skills that are less quantifiable you know such as communication leadership these kind of things you really can't quantify but Mm -hmm. these are skills that are actually valued in the job market out in the world these are skills that are actually valued and out of all these soft skills i personally Mm -hmm. feel the most important one is the ability to learn that I by far feel the most important because mm-hmm. as I said, times are constantly changing. Like right now it's COVID, everyone's stuck at home. You're forced to work from home. Mm-hmm. For me, for example, I can only study when I'm in a library. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the library, that's only the only time I can actually focus full on 100%. But now I have to force myself to learn how to study from home despite all the distractions. Because right now at home, I have so many distractions in it. I don't know whether you guys find yourself at this stage where when you're studying something, always get up from the table, open the refrigerator, even though, you know, there's nothing inside. (laughs) You open it, you look at it for a couple of minutes and go back to your chair. After five minutes, you still do that again. Because I always find myself doing that, even though there's not, I know there's nothing inside, but I just like to go get out of my table and do that. So these are the challenges that you face on a constant basis. You've got to adapt and learn the ability to learn in any environment. That is by far, in my case, in my opinion, most, most important. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you either learn how to adapt or you don't survive. You know, learning how to adapt to the current situation and make the best of what you have is extremely important. But from my side, I think there is two primary schools of sort of learning in terms of important skills. And Naval Ravikant talks about this, right? Because uh-huh. I don't want to prescribe anything like as an individual. I don't want to say, learn this skill because this will make you successful, et cetera, et cetera, because it's dependent uh-huh. on so many variations, so many factors and variables, right? But I will kind of suggest how I think about it. So anyway, so the two skills that Naval talks about is you can learn how to build and you can learn how to sell. Those are the Mm -hmm. two sort of foundational skills. So building includes things like chemical engineering, software engineering, graphic design, medicine, science, art, et cetera, et cetera. Learning how to build a product of of different sorts, right? And selling will include things like marketing, product placement, communications, advertisements, et cetera, et cetera. So 
what I'm trying to say is that when we're at university like us, we're primarily learning how to build, okay? Because mm-hmm. building is much harder to learn than selling because it requires focused time. You know, if you want to be a doctor at 67, it's it's much more difficult to become a doctor then than to do it when you're 18 or 20, right? Because it, it requires five years or four years of focused blocked out time just so you can learn the specific skill. So we're all trying to learn how to build, right? And that normally comes from just going to university. You get, um, if you do a specific build sort of degree, then you get that skill already. Now, things that students don't focus on is the ability to sell. These are more of the soft skills that you talk about, things like communication. I think it was Les Brown, who's a motivational speaker. He said that communication is probably one of the biggest soft skills because he said, the moment you open your mouth, you tell people who you are right mm-hmm. so it's incredibly important that you learn how to communicate well you learn how mm-hmm. to think clearly mm-hmm. so these selling skills like communication like marketing sales etc are very important so i'd say pick while you're at university pick some selling skills like negotiation marketing and you'll see a lot of case studies of where this has worked right so when you think about famous builders and sellers think about steve jobs and steve wozniak steve jobs was the seller right he was a market he was the celebrity ceo wozniak built the first i think the apple one or one of the mac prototypes he was the builder he was the coder now steve understood kind of how coding works and how the computer works but majority of the building of the product was wozniak but majority of the selling was jobs right he was the one on there doing the keynote presentations he was the one doing all the marketing campaigns etc mm-hmm. etc Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you focus on soft skills such as communication, marketing, public speaking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if you think about other examples, where Carl Woese, who's a microbiologist, he's a bit, he's a bit of the legend. He's the guy that discovered the Third Kingdom of Life, Hakea. He hated meetings or conferences. He was extremely good at building his scientific knowledge, writing papers, etc. Et but he wasn't very good at communicating, right? Mm-hmm. And he lacked the ability to explain things. He could never give a good lecture. And mm-hmm. when he discovered this third kingdom of life, when he released this paper, basically like a lot of hardcore microbiologists got really mad at him and called him like a nut. And part of it, according to some of the articles I've read there, like it's because he couldn't explain it very well because this is very specific knowledge. And when you explain it to the public, you need to be able to communicate. And as a result, partially because of this inability to communicate, you know, his research was set back for 15 years before it gained traction again. Now, the real magic happens when you get people like Elon Musk. Elon Musk can do both building and selling. He can he completely understands engineering, but at the same time, he's sort of perceived as the celebrity CEO that's in the market that knows how to sell, that knows how to set up multiple businesses. But he also understands the engineering side. Mm-hmm. Now, he may not be building you know rockets and cars and etc. himself, but he understands how they work, which is extremely important. In fact, in one of his interviews, he said that when he launched, obviously when he had SpaceX launch, I think it was the first three launches that failed, and the fourth one worked, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think at one point he was looking for a chief engineer for spacex but he couldn't find anyone so he had to become the chief engineer and he was like this is probably why it wasn't as good when we started so he can do both and that's extremely extremely powerful so learn how to build learn how to sell if you're at university and you're doing a specific degree for example like medicine engineering by definition you're building and you should do that when you're younger because it's much easier as bill gates once said it's much easier to teach an engineer marketing than a marketer engineering so Hmm. learn how to build 
But also when you're at university, look for the soft skills like public speaking, communication, learn those selling skills as well. And if you put those together, you get an extremely, extremely valuable, unique skill set that you can use for basically whatever you want to do. I'd just like to point out uh, the Elon Musk example. This links back to the beginning of the podcast where Felix said you have to be a T-shaped knowledge man. So this is a characteristic of Elon Musk. So basically Elon Musk has in-depth knowledge of one certain category. That refers to the vertical bar in the letter T. And the top of the T is where he has the broad knowledge in so many other in so many other disciplines, but not in-depth. But that allows him to do various other jobs. So this all in all comes back to like in talent stacking, soft skills as yeah. well. And I would like to point out one more thing. So if you guys didn't get anything from this podcast, this is just one final point. So... So basically, what you have to do is just grab a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, write down goals on one side, skills on another side. Now, under the goals aspect, write down what are the goals you want to achieve in life. Write down everything you need. And on the other side, write down the skills you currently have that could help you achieve the goal. Now, try to match up the skills with the goal. If it doesn't match up, then you have to write down what are the skills you need next to help you achieve the goal. So if I want to start a YouTube channel on singing, that means I need to learn how to sing. I need to learn how to use the audio software. I need to, I need to learn how to use the editing software. I need to learn how to publicize. I need to learn how to market my products. These are the skills you actually need. So once from there, you can start working towards your goal. I think that would be the best starting point for anyone to think of any skills they actually want to develop. So basically, try to think of a goal that actually adds value to your life and then break that down into skills that you need. And from the skills, break it down into tasks that you have to achieve one by one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that those are the sort of whistle stops tour on how to approach learning a new skill. And I'll try and summarize this now. So we went over why you should learn skills and we went over the idea of talent stacking, trying to build a unique set of skills that can give out a unique set of outputs, right? Because that's essentially what makes you up. And the best example that we use was Da Vinci. Da Vinci's drawings his anatomical drawings, his ability to make this human, real life, you know, true to life portraits, Mona Lisa, things like that. The reason they look so accurate and so human-like is probably because he had bolstered his artistic drawing skills with his knowledge of anatomy, right? Because they're just incredible what he could do. And he was, a, seriously, he was an incredible talent stack. He, had, he did so many things, science, you know, engineering, art. That's why you should learn new skills. When you came to how, you've got plenty of resources on the internet, Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. If you want a full-on course, Skillshare, depending on the level that you want to attack it at. So Twitter is probably where ideas are sort of born and connected. Skillshare is probably the end point where everything is packaged. It's got a nice sort of booklet next to it, some worksheets, some interactions, some community. So wherever you want to go, find the level at which you should enter and figure out the sources. But YouTube, Skillshare, all good sources. And lastly, we had discussed what you should learn. We went over what building and selling is, how you should build up your stack. And I think Harish went over some like pretty actionable things on how you can figure out what skills you need to learn to achieve a specific goal outcome. So yeah, I, th I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I would just like to point out one more thing. Learning a new skill will be hard. So yeah, I actually, I'm just reinstating just to summarize. Learning a skill will be hard, but it has benefits biologically on your brain because it's physically altering your brain. So it has biological benefits. And one more thing, this podcast is not just for students. So if you think this is, this is information that's not applicable to your life. So if there are any elderly listening to this, 
learning a new skills can actually benefit your life because it actually prevents the onset of dementia. There are a couple of research papers and I also learned it in my own lectures because essentially when I said when you're learning a new skill, it enhances like neuronal connections and dementia yep. comes about when neurons basically die, degenerate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. try to learn a new skill for, for the elderly people. Once again, as I said, use the previous method I told you about goals, outcomes, goals, skills, see what adds value to your life. And yeah, I think I'm pretty much sorted. Yeah, so that's pretty much everything that we had on skills in a concise manner. Now, right, the exciting part, the one insight of the week. I'll let Harish go first this time. So basically, I got this insight when I was watching Netflix. I treated myself to a movie of Bad Boys for Life by Will Smith after we published the first two episodes. So in the story, there's a man walking up a hill, a very narrow road, Mm -hmm. and there was a guy rushing down the hill on a horse and the man one who was walking up the hill managed to just dodge out of the way just in the nick of time before the horse collided with him he got up dusted himself off and asked the guy on the horse where the hell are you going in such a rush and the response mm-hmm. of the guy on the horse was ask the horse mm-hmm. do you get that yeah it doesn't really make sense so he's just asking the horse where it's going yeah so when i first listened to the story as well it didn't make sense to me but in the movie they explained the horse is actually the embodiment of our fears, of our emotional traumas, of our anxiety. And we are letting it take control of our lives. I felt like that resonated with me a lot because in the recent years, I have been letting my fears take control of my life along for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's what the horse is doing. It is controlling your life. What mm-hmm. you should actually do is keep it under control, not let it dictate your whole life. Let it dictate only certain moments in your life, not the Mm -hmm. entire life. That's the whole takeaway of the story. Don't let emotions drive your whole life. Now, on to Felix. Come on, let me hear your insight. Okay, okay. That was an impressive insight about the horse. Okay, mine is non-horse related. So, right, here we go. So, one of the things I was uh, reading this week was the Tao Te Ching, which is a religious text from Chinese philosophy. Right, it's written by someone called Lao Tzu, who's who's sort of seen like as this mysterious sage who wrote this book. Right, here's a verse from it, and I think it's very related to Stoicism as well. So I thought I'd share it with you. Okay, cool. so this is just a few lines. So it says, "What does it mean that success is as dangerous as failure? Whether you go up the ladder or down it, your position is shaky. When you stand with your two feet upon the ground, you will always keep your balance." And I think this is sort of pointing towards the ability to stay equanimous which is the stoic principle of basically understanding that there is no good or bad news there is just news right that's a, that's a, that's a master ugwe quote right there yes which is a turtle from kung fu panda for those of you who don't know big fan here anyway so it's about staying balanced regardless of whether you face a failure or you face a success you need to understand to react to them both in the same way because if you sort of see yourself as climbing this ladder of going towards a success or going towards a failure and you see that life like that, mm-hmm. that ladder, that position, that platform you stand on will always be shaky. However, if you root yourself firmly on the ground, which is just to say that if you see yourself as mentally resilient, unchanging, regardless of the outcome, if you detach yourself from the outcome, if you don't see things like success and failure, then the platform you stand on will be the earth itself and it's not shaky. So basically, you will have equanimity, which means you won't live and die by each exam grade or each test or 
each win or loss, you will stand stable, which I think is really important in our lives as students. So yeah, that's that was my insight of the week. Okay, that pretty much concludes our podcasts. And for more podcasts, tune in to The Tenth Man on Spotify and iTunes. It has been released on iTunes every Sunday. You can find us pretty much on every popular platform, Twitter and Instagram. Just remember, this is a listener-centric podcast. If you have any topics that you would like to have discussed, tweet or DM us at 10th Men. 10th as in the numeral. For Instagram, it's just 10th Men without any space. For Twitter, it's 10th underscore men. If there are any further queries, you can reach us through Gmail at official 10th men at gmail.com. 10th as a numeral. If you'd like to personally reach out to us, you can do so through Instagram for me at proboost. P-R-A-B-O-O-S-T. What about you, Felix? Yeah, if you want to reach out to me personally, just at Felix Bajoy or at Felix Bajoy underscore some variation, you'll be able to find me across all the platforms. And also, we just wanted to give a personal thank you to all the people that have been supporting us, sharing the podcast and giving us nice comments and nice feedback and criticisms, etc. We're going to take them all on board, as well as all the subject ideas you've been giving us and all the nice comments. So thank you so much for that. And uh, hopefully we can cover some of the topics that you want us to cover soon. Until next time, keep safe. Tenth Men Out. out.